0: What were you just uh, telling me you were going to go do for
1: dinner? Uh, definitely uh, some ramen place that is spoken of highly by the friends I'm staying with.
0: In Silver Lake, yes. yes. Uh, it's a, a, a kind of restaurant that would be maybe regarded as highly as Paul and Mary's Country Kitchen I would, would be.
1: I would love to go to an actual Paul and Mary's Country Kitchen. Country kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm concerned because like, what if they don't like you? Well, they're very, that's yes. and that's the thing, they're the heroes of the film, but every one of the main characters in this film, with the exception of Doris the Dominatrix, yes, is flawed. Like, oh, yeah, nobody is all good, everybody's got some pretty serious flaws.
0: I'd say, I'd say they're mostly not good, yeah, but yet you love them,
1: yeah, you, yeah, you're
0: very you want Paul and Mary to.
1: You empathize, you empathize with certain parts of their situation, yes, and other parts you're just like, this is worlds away from my own experiences.
0: Well, and also counter to certain lifestyle
1: yeah, choices yeah. as well. It's a very queer film, despite Extremely. having no homosexuality in it whatsoever, but it's also about, you know, mercenary capitalism killing off the the sexual experimenters of society right for their own gain and it's just and the fact that it's still funny despite ha- asking some very troubling questions and
0: also being a racy comedy from 82 yeah, from, yeah. But well they started shooting in like 78 yeah
1: so it's like it covers the end of the 70s and beginning of the 80s so it's like 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 there are certain things in it that that like you know paul's penchant for um for anti-latino racism Uh, yes mary's way of like saying everything was an attempted rape oh yeah Um, yeah yeah and like raul his um i mean yeah it's like they're all complicated people and none of them would make it past studio notes today.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was an independent film. Oh, yeah. Very and, independent. Uh I think the total amount was 350000 yeah. estimated. And over part of that. Over four
1: years. That's crazy. Over four
0: years. Especially crazy considering that everything matches yeah. pretty well. Yeah. I've seen this movie many, many times. You've seen it oh, many, yeah. many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably paste an intro at the beginning, but we, are, of course, are talking about Eating Raoul. Yes. Yes, the classic Paul Bartel, Mary Warren off uh, Robert Beltran, and mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Gugu, classic.
1: Yes, yes.
0: If anyone out there is familiar with Mr. Gugu, please do drop a line, because in the end credits, there's an interesting one for Atmosphere, which, of course, is the yeah. uh, ADR sounds, yeah, or, or the sounds people who and, are
1: like hanging out in the background of the party scene. Exactly. That's
0: a, 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 ver, a salient point indeed.
1: And we want to know who Mr. Gugu is.
0: I gotta know because yeah. I'll tell you who else uh, I'm a fan of in this that we see in, that we know of, not, uh-huh. not Mr. Gugu. We don't know who that is, but we are big fans. Uh-huh. I think we can say that confidently and correctly. The real Don Steele. Hey guys, yeah, it's my goddamn party. Who, of course, plays the the DJ uh, Screaming Steve in yeah. Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, and of course, the re- real Don Steele really was a yeah. DJ. Yeah, uh, chatted with Alan Arkish uh, about him in mm-hmm. a soon-to-be released or possibly previously released episode. We don't know yeah. where it's going in the uh, canon
1: yet. It's. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's like the nexus in Star Trek uh, Generations. Uh, you know, once once you tr- step into it, <laughs> your perception of time becomes irrelevant because you are both before and after all things.
0: That's exactly right. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you <laughs> explaining that to anyone who's confounded by the uh, the teasing or post tease <laughs> of certain episodes. And what you said also made me think about once you step into the world of new world pictures roger corman productions mm-hmm. paul Bartel universe yeah i guess would we say the corman expanded universe
1: yeah yeah oh absolutely oh i mean he's got like mm. corman's got his fingers in everything like yeah. you can't there's there's about 30 years of film where Everyone has uh, some kind of through line that you can trace back to Corman in some capacity.
0: Absolutely. So let's see. Let's see how many we can name. Joe Dante, Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm. Francis Coppola.
1: Penelope Spheres.
0: That's right. I, that's, I forgot about Penelope. Ron Howard. Right. Ron Howard. So uh, uh, let's name some of the things they did, too, because I realize for some folks this might be possibly the first time of hearing yeah. about this. Although, Because you and I would consider Corman lore yeah. to be like <laughs> uh, as, as uh, factually obvious as massachusetts is on the east coast but some folks don't yeah. know well, so that's no,
1: true it's true
0: well just because you know we're so steeped in this stuff yeah and we love it so much and also we both saw this movie and other new world uh associated pictures because it's not a new world film but it's right yeah you know, paul Bartel was a corman staple
1: yeah yeah this one got put out by 20th century fox isn't that wild which is wild thankfully thankfully that the rights uh, reverted to the estate of Paul Bartel, and all of his films are currently uh, controlled by Janus. So Criterion's got all of them for the U.S.
0: That's very good news, because for a long time, you could not get any of them in digital form, although I had a VHS of Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills. But uh,
1: Kino Lorber did a really good Blu-ray of that.
0: I have a nice copy of that. Some would say rip, but I don't do things illegally. And I'm looking forward to watching that again because Ray Sharkey.
1: Yeah, it holds up. It's really good.
0: Really good. And uh, back to the, the Corman troupe. So Ron Howard, of course, was on Happy Days and yeah. then got his first directorial assignment from Corman because he agreed to a deal where he would star in a Corman film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and the and trade-off then he would could be... direct one. Exactly, because Ron Howard was so keen on directing a film that he almost directed a porno.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: because... He was trying to figure out a way to get into the film business, and this was at the height of porno chic. Uh-huh. So for a little while, he had a slightly harebrained scheme to do that. And then I think someone either talked him out of it or possibly his dad, because his dad was Rance Howard, the yeah, actor. Yeah. And is, um, that,
1: is, that, is, it, is it possible that the, the first nudie musical is based on Ron Howard's experience?
0: What? that you know that's a very good point because of course ron howard appears in that briefly yeah yeah. and uh, as as the late cindy williams yeah. of course and
1: she's great in it
0: oh she's fantastic she's in great. it.
1: well i'll tell you the biggest surprise that i had i saw the conversation for the first time in the past year
0: oh okay she
1: steals that whole movie
0: i haven't seen that since i saw it on tape uh-huh. in the 80s so i need to watch that no, again you
1: should cindy williams owns that movie it's yeah. wild
0: i've seen her in so many strange films so of course for those not familiar although if you're listening to this you probably are yeah she was shirley in laverne and shirley yes or was she laverne Um,
1: she was shirley
0: yeah for some reason i always feel like penny marshall she's more of a laverne yeah Yeah. laverne
1: defazio and shirley feeney thank you like cindy williams does not read at all italian adjacent there's no defazio she's got a little bit so yeah.
0: yeah oh you could see that for sure yeah uh scorsese's first directorial
1: was boxcar bertha the
0: boxcar bertha after a screening of which uh john cassavetes who had mentored cassavetes uh sorry cassavetes who had mentored scorsese to the point that he let him sleep on the set of minnie and Moskowitz mm-hmm. because he didn't have a place to stay after he was doing editing for such films like his woodstock and other movies and gave him a job as like second sound editor which is like a nonsense yeah, job just yeah. to give him a, a paycheck scorsese showed it to cassavetes and cassavetes basically said hey you know it's it's a it's a terrific piece of shit and uh listen you don't want to be making films like this you keep making movies like this to do it forever what kind of movie do you want to do and then he Mm -hmm. told him about the rough plot of mean streets and that's how Mm -hmm. he convinced him to to follow his own muse (laughs) although i've heard boxcar bertha is excellent
1: i haven't seen it i mean i've been told that it's like it's 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 from the like the the like wild early Barbara Hershey years, so I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, and,
0: and so I, I'm also quite uh, relieved that you haven't seen it because I assumed uh-huh. that uh, you had seen it because you know you're pretty darn uh, knowledgeable about that them films there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just it's it's one of those things that um, when I was really interested in it, it wasn't readily available, and it's right. it's the kind of thing that I will come back around to it. It's just not a priority.
0: I think I need to see that in Big Bad Mama as a double feature because I've never seen that. And of course, Angie <laughs> Dickinson stars in it. Yes. and they have similar titles. And I don't know of any other films that have Bertha yeah. in the title.
1: Bertha is one of those names that has just passed out of use. It's like a, it's like um, it's like a Midge or a Millicent.
0: Millicent's definitely out of the picture. There's a couple other ones. Um, oh, I, there's a song.
1: Mabel is back though.
0: Is Mabel Mabel back? is back wow
1: i know i know people who have named their babies mabel in like the past few years
0: that's interesting i I, uh was told that peter is not used that often now or selected Mm -hmm. so uh i'm glad to have uh, reactivating
1: some trends
0: that's what i like to think anyway (laughs) mabel of course reminds me of mabel longetti from uh a woman under the influence another very funny film uh (laughs) and the name bertha always reminds me of this
1: the party was jumping when Bertha got off of her stump. The whistles were blowing and everybody did the bump. But all the time Bertha had been working on a goodie. Now folks call it Bertha Butt Boogie. question
0: i mean how fabulous is that the jimmy caster bunch with bertha butt boogie
1: i like the phaser that they've got going on subtly in that one right it's a
0: it's pretty solid i think
1: yeah the name bertha it represents a sort of like steely iconography of the past that yeah. we just don't have marge is another one you don't hear a lot yeah. of marges or margaret's yeah. in general i don't H- think H- it's it's more Maggie yeah you're meaning, right and that's because of right. The simpsons
0: that's absolutely true the thing about the corman expanded universe is that when as a kid i saw this and then watched death race 2000 and then saw that oh wow the guy who co-wrote and directed eating raul directed this yeah and this is pre-internet so then you're playing this fun game of looking for the new world logo or looking for corman yeah and then this start- is
1: this is even before microsoft cinemania
0: yeah, exactly. So I mean, think about how difficult that was, folks. <laughs> That's
1: how old I am. Now Ooh, tell me, what was Microsoft time is Cinemania coming for all of you? It was a CD-ROM. Oh, it okay. Was, it was before before the IMDb, but it was like yeah. ninety four and ninety five. Wow. Like Cinemania, you could look stuff up, and um, it was it was it was all over my uh, film school at NYU.
0: Oh, okay, I can imagine because that would be like the ultimate video movie guide. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was like it was like one of the, the like big Malton books, but on a CD-ROM.
0: And I used to have this thing called Video Movie Guy, which was like the Malton book, but I don't. It wasn't accredited to like a known author. There was someone who wrote it, or a yeah. group of people,
1: or it was just compiled from um,
0: from holdings. So, well, no, it was the same kind of review for every movie, oh. and most of my favorites had turkeys uh, next to them, <laughs> like Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, etc., oh. and so forth. A few other people, like Joe Dante, for instance, and Alan Arkish, worked together cutting trailers, and that's how they got their start, because then they proposed to Corman that they use a bunch of unused footage, or sometimes used footage, to make Hollywood Boulevard also starring Mary Waranoff.
1: Yes. Mary Waranoff is all over those films.
0: All over them. And of course, I developed a deep abiding... Crush for her that uh, extends to this day.
1: She's amazing. It's like, it doesn't matter who you are or like what you, you're you into or what you want out of life. Yeah. Mary Waranov represents all of that. She really does. Like she covers all the ground. She does.
0: And for anyone who's into like a, a, a kind of a mean Dom type. Yeah. Well, forget about it. You'd be sold over the moon. I, I just like every aspect of her. Uh, yeah. She's
1: really funny. She's got great funny. comic instincts. Yeah. Uh, she's she's a great actor. I mean, I think uh, I think she is a, a treasure.
0: She's in also a murder she wrote episode, women in prison themed.
1: <laughs> it, Wait, there's a they, did they send oh, Angela Lansbury to prison in an episode? She
0: goes to visit as a oh. guest lecturer, uh-huh. and then there is some kind of kerfuffle. Uh, the nurse <laughs> uh, kills herself with an overdose of morphine. Uh, and the her special friend prisoner, who she's helping get meds to another prisoner. Uh-huh. It's a whole convoluted plot that I wouldn't want to ruin. Um, but basically, it's a women behind bars uh-huh. episode of Murder She Wrote with Mary Waranoff, Adrian Barbeau.
1: Oh, damn!
0: Yeah, who has two different Murder She Wrote? She's also in one uh, playing a TV executive, so it's pretty good stuff. Off to send it to you. I think it's season five. Don't quote me on that. We could we could look it up, but why bother doing that? So yeah, lots of folks through the Corman world. But that's the thing; it it very much shaped a large part of my aesthetic, ch- checking out and chasing down these films. I and, believe it, yeah. right? And then you'd read about them, like for instance, Cannonball, directed by Paul Bartel, kind of the predecessor to the Cannonball Run in a way, because it's about the same sort of race, mm-hmm. uh, not as funny, uh, and mm-hmm. not as good as Death Race Two Thousand which is just great it's fantastic and and that was made because they wanted to rip off rollerball and get it out before rollerball yeah
1: and they ended up making a better movie than rollerball this is what
0: i hear i i keep not seeing rollerball for some reason
1: i couldn't pass a test on it but i remember watching it specifically because like this has got to be fascinating and like there are things about it that are interesting but like yeah death race 2000 wins
0: wins all the time and they blame everything on the french as well which is (laughs) uh, you know very prescient so, this movie "Eating Ramul, uh was also not solely written by Paul Bartel, which is a common mm-hmm. uh misapprehension and I found this little clip from uh a cable access interview with the host Coca Crystal. Uh-huh. I think I know what her leisure activities uh partially involved. This would have aired around the time as Robin Bird's show. Any uh-huh. of you watching the World of Wonder Show with Love Connie uh called Manhattan Cable, I believe. Will get a sense of what I'm talking about, and if you don't know, look up Robin Bird, a very sex-positive person who had her own cable access show at the same time that Chris Stein uh, had uh, and 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 the other guy whose name I'm forgetting, which is terrible, uh, had TV party.
1: Now Dick is laughing. <laughs> Dick, you were writer on this film. That's
0: right. And you must be thrilled and proud because it's doing so well. Yes. Well, I began the movie uh, with Paul, and I wrote the first draft of the film. So I was like principal writer and also, in a sense, co-director of the movie. So I've been involved with it from the beginning. And um, it's largely a a total collaborative thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, A team effort. A big team effort that not only was the people that worked on the movie, but just people that gave us suggestions, directors like Joe Dante and producers like uh-huh. John Davison who just lent their input to it to get it to where it was today. For instance, being a comedy, we had to do an awful lot of screenings and winnowing it down until the form it is now because a lot of stuff is just extra fat on it that we had to like take off. Uh-huh. And all the- people that he mentioned. They're people that we had met working for Corman,
1: Roger Corman, produces is very, very low-budget films. And you appeared in many of those low-budget films. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're <laughs> proud of Many, many. Men.
0: Yes, no, actually, I, I, I don't mean to put that down. I have a tremendous cult following. Yes, indeed. And uh, they've been really nice to me. Well, you also started off in the avant-garde theater or movies with Andy Warhols,
1: Chelsea Girls, and and various movies of that sort, and now you're in the mainstream.
0: Well, that's questionable. Uh, The movie did Mm -hmm. phenomenal business, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it was like it didn't cost very much, and it was one of those that just like, you know, it did uh, art house and indie theater business, and then it was really big on video, and then it was on cable a lot. So, I mean, like, they were smart with the money on it
0: it actually uh ran for quite a while theatrically oh yeah yeah like yeah. quite a while and it was um, a few million dollars at least it made yeah and the money that paul Bartel's parents got by mortgaging their house was repaid yeah and then which some is good. which is very good so let's describe the plot to anyone who hasn't seen the film
1: yeah uh paul and mary bland are um paul bartell and mary warnoff they are a a unique couple. They're married. They're devoted to each other. They, they love each other a lot. There's not a lot of sexual energy in um in their marriage from what we respect. Like honestly, like modern audiences looking at it now, Paul reads is very ace. Paul definitely
0: reads as asexual.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he and Mary have a very sweet marriage in a they're bizarrely attired home, which is just, you know, it's all pre to postmodern furniture and it's Spectacular and they've you know they've found the thing that works and they live in an apartment building beset by swingers. Yes. It's like it's like they moved into the Starliner from uh uh Cronenbergs that came from within. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's just like they're the like the two regular folks and all around them is just like unmitigated vice. And yeah. um so that you know, they're not particularly happy about it. And um, you know, money is short. Paul loses his job. Mary's
0: no. a nurse and nutritionist, but yeah, that's but not getting her very far. She
1: doesn't get respected very no. much. And what they want to do is just open a little restaurant, Paul and Mary's Country Kitchen.
0: And what they're met with constantly is harassment from other people, yeah. assault uh, of actual assault, and yeah. yeah, and then attempted a sexual assault of Mary, yeah, constantly, and also she's constantly being propositioned, yeah. And yeah. I think one of the overriding themes of this movie is that like a lot uh, entitled. Straight guys. Yeah. Are assholes.
1: Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. there's a
0: lot of things that still ring true
1: today. This is another reason why Mary Waranoff is so good is because she is she is a good enough actress that you believe that she's in danger. Because I have no doubt that actual Mary Waranoff can handle business and she could take any of the any of the guys in this movie who are being in disrespectful, like she could take them all in a fight.
0: You're so right. And she does really uh, portray it so convincingly yeah, in yeah. here that she's in it's trouble. It's a good performance.
1: It's, it's, not yeah. just a, it's not just a fun performance. Yeah. It's a good performance.
0: And it's not just a woman who is known for her cult status as being one of the icons of the Warhol scene yeah. because as Coca-Crystal mentioned, she was a, a major part of the original factory scene.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got. If you haven't seen Todd Haynes's documentary about the Velvet Underground, Mary Warnov actually has more screen time than Doug Ewell and she... <laughs> hmm. She's great. She has the best anecdotes. Yeah. Uh she's so funny. She's still got her wits about her in a way that's just like, you know, we've lost so many people from that time period and her mind is still sharp and it cuts and I love it. <laughs> yeah,
0: same here and I still find her hot.
1: Oh yeah. To this yeah, day. yeah no, in, she's in every got- era she's Stunning. still she's still got like um like a very distinctive energy to her and she, I, you know i love it it's mary Warnoff like I, she's like grace jones yes, like she when is. she walks into a room everyone is just like oh shit that's mary Warnoff.
0: yeah absolutely i wish there was more out on the web about her i've reached out to her representative mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll hear back something mm-hmm. positive but we'll see about that uh and but back to the plot yes um so, yeah, they're offended by the swingers. They're in a bit of a pickle. They want to open a restaurant. Yeah,
1: and then, quite inadvertently, they accidentally kill someone who breaks into their house uh, because he thinks he's going to a swingers party. And instead, he's, like, bringing them, and they accidentally kill him. And so, like, well, what are they going to do? But he's got a bunch of cash on him.
0: And also, he comes back in Yeah, after he knows that paul is indisposed yeah because yeah. he had someone sort had, of delay had him. doris
1: the dominatrix who is the who is the force of chaotic morality in this film
0: it's true and which is true in many uh, aspects of life trust yeah. the dominatrix yeah they honestly. know
1: they, they'll at least tell you how to get around and they'll tell um, you the truth yeah
0: and so the truth teller in the film is doris the dominatrix so yes. we see that sort of the you know what it is it's the consensual kink people yeah that are okay yeah to a degree, I yeah. mean, the other ones who are sleazy in yeah. a way that's not fun sleaze
1: the the sleazy ones are they're they don't take no for an answer. that's it, and they're they're constantly trying to like add to the number of swingers. It's so odd to try and discuss this film being made and coming out when it does, um you know, in the face of the uh, AIDS epidemic,
0: yeah. Exactly. That's right. When it came out, too. Yeah, and there's yeah.
1: a there's a lot of there's there's a lot of tightrope walking that this film does.
0: Right, because uh, in, in a way, it's just like a goof on like a, a kind of couple that would have. No sex would be committed to each other, like an ultra yeah. uh, um, arch parody of the fifties yeah, yeah. lifestyle, which goes to, so far as they sleep in separate beds. Yeah, yeah. And Mary, at some point, says, "Oh, no!" Paul asks, "Why do they do it? Are they crazy?" So the asexual uh-huh. thing uh, yeah. would be borne out by this because he doesn't have just any like, no, uh, conception. They're sick. Yeah, they're sick. I don't mind a little bit of hugging and kissing, but I yeah. mean that's far <laughs> too much. And it also uh, pillories the uh, way that a woman can't actually have sexual desire because yeah. married clearly later on yeah like she is, she
1: is she is the ac- accessing and exploring her own sexuality um but it's you know it's it's it, it can't be just done something that's done straightforwardly
0: no she that's right she has to uh, it's jiggery pokery and many uh uses of that term 'Cause later on she is seduced by Raul yeah. who rescues her from one of the yeah. uh Yeah, he kills he
1: kills Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah.
0: Robert Beltran <laughs> kills Ed Bagley Jr. Yes. Who, and hilariously it's the hippie who's the most aggressive yeah. male assault attempter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Much more so than the Nazi or the uh yeah. the, 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 the little person with the Great Dane. Although Bobby was kind of a shit. I think Bobby was probably like i um, oh, Bobby yes. is just as aggressive and he's like at breaking their shit and fucking up their house.
0: That's right. And Bobby is the one who is into infantilization and yeah. a, the mommy fantasy. Yeah. So yeah, they place an ad after they, they kill the swinger and uh, get all the cash off of them.
1: They see an opportunity.
0: Exactly. So, you know, uh, th- this is the land of opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's more American than finding an unethical way to make a lot of money real fast?
0: Yes, exactly. And then demonizing the people that you're taking advantage of. Yeah. yeah. Which they do in spades. Mm-hmm. And I think that is also what helps to color paul's racism and yeah, also paul's yeah. a vicious snob yeah uh, yet doesn't have sort of the funds to be so and yeah. is wildly impractical has this very extensive where where Ryan, rare wine collection that he doesn't want to part with
1: yeah but and that's it's his defining characteristic
0: yes yeah, it's, it's like, his identity.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he, it's like, it's, and the thing about it that's really interesting is there's that great scene, like when, when you first realize that they have separate beds and stuff and they're in their cute little matching pajamas that like match the trim of the bedroom itself. There's that great moment when, when they're like, I'm so glad we found each other. And yes. it's like, it's adorable because, yeah, they're both like out of place in this period of time in the early 80s, but it's also, their neuroses and their like their like negative traits are also compatible,
0: yes, that is the magic of their their yeah. union, yeah, because they do have some negative traits, they're very judgmental about mm-hmm. most people,
1: they're almost fascist, yeah no they they are they there's 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 well, i mean it's the closest thing I can compare it to are the saw movies, okay, where they're that's an is,
0: interesting and that's not the movie I would have thought that yeah, you would have, uh, yeah, well, because
1: it it's like it's um. It's this whole idea of like whoever is currently in power sets up what their vision of morality is, and as long as you like submit to that and you you conduct yourself according to the morality of whoever has the like the the threshing machine or whatever. Yeah, that um that it's sort of like what it, what it does is it it removes responsibility from the people who become followers because I think though no, we're, we're just following the rules. Right. Um, and it's, there's there, it's, it's, it's very troubling. It's the, 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 the Saw films are deeply fascist. Um, uh, they're the complete opposite of the final destination films.
0: So I've never seen final destination. Which
1: they're completely egalitarian, uh, morality. What you do in life is irrelevant because death comes for us all.
0: Interesting. Now yeah. see the Saw films I never saw more than the first one mm-hmm. because I, I felt it to be like torture porn. I just couldn't That's hack that okay. Either.
1: Let's Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. And it's because, like, I'm not defending the Saw films. Uh, The phrase torture porn really bothers me. Please expound. Because it's used to describe a series of films, a subgenre of films, that a lot of people are just like, oh, well, that's the worst and most base kind of horror movie. And I'm like, they're not horror films. They're police procedurals. Interesting. And they're what run on, like, Saturday night TV on CBS. I,
0: I say that in the same... I would put svu in the same uh bracket i I can't watch that either there's something but like the the the,
1: the phrase torture porn a lot of times gets used to beat up on horror movies agreed and i'm i'm like i don't think you're being accurate um not you i think just in general people use that term Uh, because they're they're not horror films they're police procedurals right and that's where that's where their structure comes from and that's where the the gory details come from, because you have to justify the system of power that, that relies on the police to come in and maintain order.
0: Yes, um, and that's why SVU, which I did like at first, because I like the original Law and Order, because I like procedurals. Yeah. Uh, but, and also, cause I like character Maloney, actors.
1: Because Chris Maloney can get it, and ice Tea is awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, I love, you know, we love genre, Yeah. right? So, yeah. the walk and talk? Yeah. Love yeah. that. In and in a police procedural <laughs> show, or uh, like... Any cop movie from the 70s, mm-hmm. I'm there, I want to see it. Because also I think a lot of the cop movies, one that's sometimes bandied about as being uh, homophobic, Busting, mm-hmm. which was recently discussed in Video Archives, uh, mm-hmm. the fabulous podcast you're prob- probably already very well aware of, <laughs> uh, but I hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. I would kept missing it when it played at the Nubev. So I finally watched it and I was like, this isn't homophobic. This is showing how fascist the cops are.
1: Yeah. Well, and but a lot of times there's, like, there. it wasn't until very recently that we as a culture were willing to have the discussion about fascist tendencies amongst the cops. Mm. So it's just like, you know, the reaction to things change um well it's like like the the best example is I, I programmed a queer classic series uh this past year and one of the films i showed was basic instinct mm-hmm. and i got some pushback from people like that's calling basic instinct a queer movie is like calling driving miss daisy a black exploitation film and i'm like no it's not um because you know the the basic instinct is a vision of bisexual supremacy mm-hmm. um but it's also like in 1992 it was just like there are not worthwhile cops. These are people who yeah. found a way to justify and, um, re up their insecurities, um, you know, with the ability to like murder without, um, being held to any sort of, um, uh, justice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, um, so it's just, wild when you watch basic instinct again, like, cause in the nineties, Michael Douglas was the hero um you know he was he was a cop on the edge and just yeah. like but here's the thing now we understand a cop on the edge is a villain there's right. no such thing as a heroic cop on the edge
0: no like, i mean it, it, and you go back to like dirty harry yeah. all that stuff although interestingly the second entry in the dirty harry series mm-hmm. is about this uh ring of really hard right fascist serious yeah. neo nazis that have infiltrated the police force uh, not that that would ever happen in real life.
1: <coughs> I'm, I um, cannot believe that in the year 2023 we are still having to deal with Nazis. I, I like, can't well our grandparents recently yeah dealt with this. Yeah. Um it's just it's staggering to me. It's I,
0: wildly depressing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This movie's not, though. No, this movie is surprising. For a film that is about gleeful murder, it is really, really up-tempo and fun. It's brisk.
0: It's quick. It's quite brisk and and, and quick. I wonder what the scenes that were cut were like as yeah. uh, according to that gentleman yeah what's his name richard um, um, the, the Car- see that's Caroyan? how for- I no that's that's how sadly forgotten he is because i didn't when i think of this movie i think oh yeah paul Bartel wrote and directed it yeah. and then i looked that clip up and he seems quite intent on uh getting people to realize that he wrote the original screenplay which i don't think i ever heard about before but then yeah. mary's there but yeah. mary at the time was you know a little pissed off at paul ah. because yeah because he was doing interviews, or they were doing interviews, and then some people would say, oh, are you two re- married in real life? And he would say, yes, we are. <laughs> and she was getting furious with him. And uh-huh. up until this point, they were very good friends. Obviously, they yeah. made this film over the period of four they years.
1: Even, there's even an, a non-contiguous sequel. Um, well, it's it's not a sequel, but it's just they appear as Paul and Mary Bland at the beginning of the uh, Jim Wynowarski film Chopping Mall. Which yes, is indeed. Part of the... the um, uh
0: corman expanded corman universe expanded universe yes. exactly and that was one of the delights of chopping mall yeah and then that leads to other films of course mary warren and terror vision yeah. with one of my uh cult favorites garrett graham
1: uh-huh and fernando ray oh like, that's, that's right. a hell of a cast right there
0: it really is Richard Blackburn. Uh Sorry, Richard, if you're listening. Uh, We forgot your name. We just listened to a clip of you. Uh But I think I was thrown because she said, oh, Dick's laughing. And so I'm like, Dick, what's his name? Uh Yeah. So he's co-writer of the thing. But again, Mary was uh, upset with Bartell. Also, because when he got funding for his next film, which he Uh got pretty quickly after the success of this. And I think it was not for publication. Yeah. He said, I'm going to get a real actress, uh, Mary.
1: Oh, that's what that's she says. Not, yeah, that's not, that's not cool.
0: Not cool at all. So they had a bit of a falling out for a little uh, while. Oh, I know that makes me sad. Makes me sad too. And also so, uh, something else to make you sad is the sequel that almost happened called Bland Ambition.
1: That's a great title.
0: Great title. And in the, pr- the premise of Bland Ambition was they are operating the... Country restaurant, very uh-huh. successfully, but then some local mayor or or local, uh-huh. uh, blah, blah, blah. some local elected Civic official, authority. thank you, mm-hmm. uh, is offended when he's not recognized at the restaurant or uh-huh. something, or he's given poor treatment at the restaurant, so he launches some campaign against them. So uh-huh. then Paul and Mary decide that Paul is going to run for office against him, uh-huh. and then they adopt a kid to bolster their image that's the uh-huh. only reason they adopt the kid uh-huh. and the kid turns out to be like a bad seed type uh-huh that's all i know uh about it fully it was 10 days from rolling camera when vestron the investor yeah. pulled out yeah and they lost funding I, but i think Bartel had a series of films that almost happened a number of times yeah and the reason being that not for publication his first film after this was a huge flop yeah i've mm-hmm. never seen it have you
1: uh, no, I have, I have it on VHS somewhere. It's uh, Nancy so do Allen. I. Yeah. <laughs> We've both never seen it. Yeah, it's and we Nancy have it. Allen.
0: Nancy Allen and David Naughton.
1: That's wild.
0: That's, yeah. It's wild. Uh, David Naughton's a career is a, a weird one too, because yeah. American Werewolf in London, everyone wants to deal with them. Although I guess making it was before that, wasn't it?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Making it was like 78 or 79. That's right. Then
0: Midnight Madness.
1: It? Yeah. That's a fun one.
0: That's a great one. That'd be a great movie club.
1: The, the the one of his that i know is uh is private parts
0: oh yes private that's parts that's a great one that is a fantastic creepy 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 movie so that's paul yeah. bartell's first feature i think it's I believe. his
1: first feature yeah yeah
0: interestingly it is in the corman expanded universe produced by gene corman Ah. how did paul bartell do you know how paul Bartel got connected to corman i i don't i don't it's no. hazy it's all hazy yeah
1: it's it's hazy but what's but what happens is because it is all about connections you know like so Paul and Mary they've got their system going yes they've start they placed an ad as naughty Nancy and cruel Carla and they get all sorts of perverts who like come to their house to fulfill their like elaborate bDSM sexual scene and they get clonked over the head with a frying pan yeah um and then um well once th- initially that's that's as far as they get before they you know they take the money out of their pocket. Pockets. But with and, the and introduction, they disposed
0: the uh, bodies in the trash compactor. In the trash compactor, yeah. but
1: then, then uh, the third part of our triangle of leads: Robert Beltran as Raul Mendoza comes in as a locksmith who fixes their locks and then like sneaks in the night of to try and rob them and discovers like, wait a second, why is there a dead Nazi on the kitchen table? (laughs) Yeah. And he's on the kitchen floor, sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, and then, so so then they go into business together. Because they wake up in the middle of the night and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they all just realize, well, we can all make money out of this. So they give the bodies to Raul, which he sells to a dog food company uh, for a by the pound rate and we find out he also like takes the sh- the clothing to consignment shops and he's selling the cars of he's the like a,
0: he's like a deer hunter yeah. use every part yeah of the deer. he's
1: not he's not wasting anything he's very he's he brings the gift of organization to what paul and mary are doing he
0: really does the infrastructure yeah. is there with mm-hmm. raul yeah,
1: they have the willingness to kill with a frying pan, but they didn't they didn't know how to maximize this willingness to kill uh until Raul becomes part of the picture. Yeah. And then and then it just sort of um you know that, that that goes well for a while but then of course anytime there's money like it, it, suspicions start happening and Paul's just like I think Raul wants to have sex with you and Mary's just like oh you man and and Raul is like I don't think Paul appreciates you so it's like it's a love triangle that just happens to be going on just like very elaborate uh murder cannibalism scheme
0: yes exactly well i don't think cannibalism enters into it until much later in the film though does it
1: um well not directly i mean like it's it's sort of the 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 bodies are being taken care of for a while before we find out that they're going to the doggy chow thing yeah
0: although there's an inf there's like a suggestion at the taco yeah, stand yeah yeah but there's an- then he's eating there again so i don't think yeah that would be where he dumps the yeah
1: yeah there's bodies. there's um there but it's it's it is like if, if if cannibalism is like one of your like make or break issues then it's going to break you because yeah, like skip it's, it's, this one. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it is a vibe throughout it.
0: And like trigger warning, which I may put at the beginning of the episode, there's attempted sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, there's well, murder and stuff, but I yeah. mean, that's, you know, you're gonna, you get that in every movie these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it it's not necessarily for, not for the faint of heart, but if certain things really it's very, wig th- you out.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's, it is a screwball comedy that That takes some very unpleasant things and finds the laughter in them,
0: yeah, exactly. and it uh it handles everything in a certain tone mm-hmm. that to me, to me, is hilarious, yeah, and it still seems uh transgressive
1: now, oh yeah, yeah, I think well, i think I think, um because of the play gears, I think I think that there's no way to experience this film without thinking about how it's sort of indirectly representing the the, the HIV plague.
0: Definitely. Even with the script being, you know, cooked yeah. up in the late seventies. Years, 70s, before, yeah, years yeah. before. Cause I don't, cause I don't think at 82, the swingers scene was like really still happening.
1: No, no. I really um, don't.
0: Yeah. I don't. Although but, it might've been, it could have been. And also it is heterosexual. Yeah. Largely swingers that are the, seem to be the, Most pernicious purveyors of... uh, This is
1: going to sound real bad, what I'm about to say. Oh, good. That's what we like. (sighs) Straight swingers. (laughs) Well, I've heard that from a few people. You can't see the dejected, like, roll of my face to express disdain, but know that it's there. Yeah. I can kind of hear it in your
0: voice, though. (laughs) And our favorite couple that's not Paul and Mary. Yes.
1: (laughs) Susan and Moose.
0: Yes. Susan and Moose. Edie McClurg. Edie
1: McClurg. Yes. Yes. God-given treasure, Edie McClurg, uh, yeah. she and her husband, Moose, pop up at the big epic swingers party, uh, where we also get to see Doris the dominatrix again, so they bring back the supporting cast that we love. But uh, yeah, Susan and Moose, they're um, they are into B&D, but not S&M. Yeah. They met at the A&P. That's right. And, uh, yeah. It's just great. <laughs> moose and susan and doris make their exit out of this out of the swingers party out of this epic swingers party where it's just like everywhere you look is drugs and alcohol and fucking and like golden showers and everybody's like just having a wild time and what's his name is just like okay everybody into the hot tub the real don steel yeah and so everybody just doffs their clothes and hops in the hot tub, and it's like you know it looks like forty something people in this hot tub. It does not look comfortable, but no. like I guess like you know if if everybody's naked and it's that kind of party, you know why not? But you know they're they're confrontational about it yes, because that's, the, that's thing. the thing they're demanding. The, the swingers can't just enjoy themselves. Yeah, they have they demand the approve. They're a lot like they're a lot like evangelical christianity and that's the great twist they insist on the approval of bystanders
0: and 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 yeah and the participation as well because the only people that don't are are Moose and Susan? Yeah, they've already left. What, they've but, already, is her name Susan? Is uh, that right? Yeah, yeah. So Susan and Moose, they when they find out that they're not compatible with Paul yeah, and Mary. They're
1: just like, well, have a good evening. We'll see you around. Yeah, exactly. And then and, she's like, Moose, they're into little doggies. And yes, that's
0: right. Because they, they fob them off by saying that they're into... Uh, St. Bernard's. That's right. The reason they do that is because uh, they find out that Susan's a uh, marabou... Uh, Uh, Her outfit is not from sex. It is from pennies. Exactly. So therefore, why bother killing
1: them? And then, which is really fucked up that like, you know, like Susan, who is the sweetest person in the film, who is literally just believes in pleasure and like, like fun, leisurely outfits. And it's just like, and and thankfully the fact that she's cheap saves her life.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, and these are poor people as well. Paul and Mary are scraping along the barrel. Yeah. yeah. Bottom of the barrel, not the top. Yeah. uh, uh, or the sides yeah. uh so financially they, end
1: up, they they murder the hot
0: tub they they yep. all
1: throws an electric heater in there and electrocutes all of them it's one of the great set pieces
0: it, of, it really uh, is of it's a spectacular
1: it's definitely one of the most important hot tub scenes in movie history absolutely i would
0: say the one of the most impactful yeah really good hot tub scene in another mary warrenoff film the uh oh what's the name of it it's got a one-word name ray Sharkey is in it it is diabolical Mary Warrenoff plays a doctor who lobotomizes the hot women patients at this uh women in pe- Like you do. You are like well yeah, as you do. I mean, why else would you work at a joint like that? Oh, it's called Hellhole. So in the film okay. Hellhole, Marjo Gortner is in that. Yes, thank you. So it's Marjo Gortner and Mary Warrenoff and Ray Sharkey who <laughs> is worth his own sleazy uh uh discussion as well. That man was creepy beyond creepiness and i love watching him in anything because he's so good
1: and he and mary warrenov are both really good in the paul bartell film scenes from the class struggle in beverly hills
0: exactly and there's a sex scene between him and robert Paltrin. yeah yeah Yeah, because they make a bet in it yeah and uh the other guy actually wins but he pretends that he lost it so he can have sex this first time with a guy
1: yeah and that's also the last uh film for uh, rebecca schaefer before she was murdered Rebecca Schaefer. Remind me of what else she was um, on the the Pam Dawber sitcom My Sister Sam. She was the oh, other star. Oh shit! And she's the one who got murdered by her boyfriend. Wow! Yeah.
0: And she's in that movie Lisa, right?
1: Um, she might be. I just I just know scenes from the class struggle is her last film.
0: Yeah, Lisa was a movie made by by uh,
1: Gary Sherman who Thank did you. Poltergeist three. And, yes, and um, Vice Squad, Deathline, and uh, yeah, Vice Squad. Vice squad. Vi squad is a great LA
0: movie. It's a brilliant LA movie. It's fantastic. It's not for this faint heart. Uh-huh. It's very rough. Uh, so, where were we? We were talking yeah, about. Th- they the just swingers. killed the hot tub. They killed the hot so tub. They, yeah.
1: they make $40,000 in one night. Because at of this all
0: point, they've figured out
1: the, the cars. The
0: cars thing. And they're all Rolls Royces and all yeah. that stuff. And in the meantime, so Raul has been having sex with Mary. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. And she, she.
1: Later will claim that it was against her will. But. It's they're, they're, it's very complicated. Yeah, and it's like it's like and here's the thing: like it's obvious that Mary still cares very deeply for Paul, but. It is not my place to evaluate women's sexuality because I'm not a woman and I don't know how to, to understand. Let's just say it's a very complex aspect of this performance. Yes. And, um, I would be very interested in what, uh, women critics had to say about that, about that aspect of Mary's character. Well, here's
0: what I think about it. Essentially in any film like psycho, et cetera, Mm. that we've might've discussed recently (laughs) or might be coming up soon. Yes. Sexual repression leads to bad things yeah a different kind of amorality if you will because they they are basically amoral people they're killing people yeah to yeah. get money for the restaurant they they want so it doesn't matter what happens as long as they get theirs
1: and they they dehumanize their victims that's
0: exactly the thing
1: like they are they are fascists that's I mean, the it's thing like it's, it's 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 yeah it's um but so are
0: most of the swingers in the movie yeah, so it's not necessarily yeah. about is swinging bad or is bisexual yeah, uh, yeah. sexuality a bad it's funny, I, I forgot how to say the word bisexuality when I say it all the time.
1: The reason why this movie's portrayal of the swingers. I don't consider sex negative is that it's sort of how like you know that like the standard rap for the the biblical story of sodom and gomorrah is just like oh you know that they gotta die they're doing all the queer things there and it's like but like if you look at the actual text it's because they were bad hosts it's because they were rude <laughs> to the people who were coming seeing raped. yeah and this film seems to very explicitly be addressing that yeah it's like it's not It's not the like horniness that means that they should die. It's the fact that they're rude, and they don't help their fellow man, and they don't listen.
0: Absolutely. And that's true of every bad person in the movie that gets off. Like Buck Henry, brilliantly playing the back Oh, he's awful. He's very sinister. Well, did you ever see his um, uncle, whatever, uh, the uncle, oh God, what was it? Uncle Ron or something like that sketches on Saturday Night Live? Mm -mm. They would not air today. Uh They would not air today. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I should describe them or not, but...
1: W- well, the, the people who are listening have an internet connection. Yeah, go look let up... Them, let them discover it and regret that for themselves rather than just being like, oh, it's another thing Craig sent me to that, that traumatized <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's what... It, it will, possibly, or you'll find it darkly funny. You, I because,
1: guarantee you some of your listeners have that little checklist, and it's just like, number of times Craig traumatized me. Oh, sure. And it's like, when it gets to a certain number, you're going to get a very terse email about it. Yes, so. but I have before, but it's usually with
0: things like the Richard Simmons album, where he sings, or, uh-huh. you know, Ada said she was slightly disturbed when I played her uh, Paul Anka's You're Having My Baby. <laughs> She'd, <laughs> she'd never heard it before yeah she was horrified and i knew that that's what would happen or when i played chrissy chapeka um hey little tomboy the beach boys song uh-huh. i mean that's a horrifying song
1: yeah oh, no, there's lots there's like a the, lot of problems with that song the history of pop music i mean that's one and of I the most offensive that, songs i say that as someone who has performed benny Mardones into the night at karaoke at, at that at least it's just he's like going to take
0: a minor across state lines for yeah, improper yeah. Uh, deeds. But hey, little tomboy, are you familiar with this one? Um, okay. That, you I know what that like means? probably. No, you know what that means. <laughs> that means that you're going to be familiar with it in about two minutes. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's pertinent to the discussion, right? Just like oh, everything well, yeah. else we say. Yeah. Uh, and there's two versions of this song. I think I'm going to play the unreleased version because there's a certain uh, section in the bridge That is rather um, alarming. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, listen, if you want to do it, do it right. Uh, You know, in terms (laughs) of presenting the uh, hideous underbelly of the Beach Boys. Now, for some reason, my internet connection is... uh, You know what it is? The internet knows what I'm up to, and it doesn't want me (laughs) to uh, foist this upon you. Because the internet cares. People think it doesn't. It's kind of like Videodrome in that way, but it's uh, much more benign. (laughs) Let's see. Here we go. Okay, now this is the unreleased version, but again, this is not very much except for the very important bridge section. Hey, little tomboy, sit here on my lap. I got
1: things that I gotta tell you. No more skateboards. Put away your baseball mitt. Your are rough living days are through. You could find new places to go, whoa, whoa. You could see that boys love you so, oh,
0: oh I have to pause for just for a moment because in addition to the horrifying content that will continue to get worse as the song goes on lyric wise, in addition to that, almost as glaring is the crime of hack that is going on in the lyric writing because it's time to turn into a girl. They're doing it all over the world. Just like surfing, <laughs> just like uh, hula hooping. Now we got to continue. Because we're compelled by the power of Christ. (laughs) Hey, little tomboy, I've had
1: my eyes on you, thinking what a girl you could be.
0: At this stage, I'd like to bring everyone's attention to the fact that we have now a second narrator who has a very creepy, uh, disturbed man over by the dumpster vibe, rough voiced, uh, clearly worse for wear. This would be Brian Wilson, the author of the song. So now there's two different people that have been talking about this tomboy. And it gets worse.
1: Mm, I smell perfume. Let's try some cutoff jeans. Look at all the changes I see. I'm gonna teach you to kiss. You're gonna feel just like this.
0: i saw a look on your face and i want to know what you're thinking no
1: it's honestly what it's making me think is it's making me realize that how one of my favorite beach boys songs is intrinsically fucked up And it's uh, Roller Skating Child off of Love You. Oh, yeah. That's which is the only Beast Boys album that I own. But like, Roller Skating Child, I mean, like, you're referring to someone as a roller skating child in the title of the song. But just the chorus is like, you know, we'll make sweet love when the sun goes down. We'll even do more when your mom is not around. What more is he talking about? And
0: and why when your mom is not around, you're a 40-year-old man at this point. Like, you're
1: making sweet love while the mom is around. So, like, what sort of escalation are we we talking about yes
0: exactly even more when mama's not around yeah what the hell bringing in friends or something like that i mean yeah there's
1: a there's just a lot of there are a lot of beach boys moments that you just sort of like you you, do you want do you want to excavate this do you want to like sink your hands in and like understand this or do you just like oh harmonies and move on
0: well see the thing is about this song it, it to me falls into this category of he, Brian's not well,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, so Brian's not well, but then there's this team of people around him uh-huh. who don't say this is a little weird because yeah. they're still writing from the supposed perspective of, of teens of yeah. teens. But even then, this yeah. lyric does not scan properly. Yeah, there are there's still major major problems. There's in this. a lot
1: going on here. Yeah,
0: and also one could look at this as a, a feminization uh, grooming song yeah. by yeah. the Beach Boys, America's Sweethearts.
1: Um, it's true
0: It's true So we're going to keep going Also uh, I have to rewind Because when Brian Wilson enters Think about the first line he says
1: Hey little tomboy I have had my eye on you Thinking what a girl you could be Thinking
0: what a girl you could be
1: Mmm I smell perfume Let's try some cutoff jeans Look at all the changes I see I'm gonna teach you to care. You're gonna feel just like this They're doing it all over the world Hey little, hey little, hey little tomboy Time to turn into a girl Hey little, hey little, hey little tomboy They're doing it all over the world
0: Okay, you thought it was bad now wait till you hear this part. Oh god. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Okay, fine little thing. Looking okay, is alright? I took her out a couple of times. Okay, put on a little lipstick. Let's see what it looks like. I'm
1: gonna make you a girl.
0: Now let's put a dress on and wear a little makeup. Okay? boy.
1: You make a
0: beautiful girl. But we're not done yet. You know, shave your legs now for your first time. And just a quick fade out. Yeah. So, in the released version, the uh, group evaluation of the person in question is left out. I think probably wisely. Yeah. But there's another version where they're doing that and they make pig noises. So... There's a couple different versions out there on the internet.
1: I'm, ready to move on. <laughs> so see, I disturbed you. This is what you were talking about. I'm di- no, I'm just di- I'm disturbed. I'm genuinely disturbed. But it's honestly, it's not someone like oh, like that's like that's gross. It's just like it's very complex. There's like a lot of different things that that song could be about, and none of them are particularly comforting.
0: No, no. Every uh, equation adds up to problem. Trouble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And you know what it adds up to? Trouble and problem set at the same time. That's how intense it is. Yeah. It's really bad. Because they they layered harmonies on that fucking thing. Yeah. Also, again, songwriting uh, uh, um, hack... (laughs) <laughs> e- egregious errors. He says, "I'm going to teach you how to kiss. You're going to feel just like the hiss." No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That's that, that's not allowed. Yeah, that's Wh- that's. What I mean. is the hiss? And also, there's other things you could rhyme that with, like miss. Uh-huh. Uh, you could be a lovely young miss. I mean, I'm just, I'm not condoning. Yeah. I'm just saying lyric scanning wise. You know there's a lot that could be done
1: but i I, th- I think you're i think you're you're correct i don't think they're singing to like a girl i think they are singing to um i think i think this is a surprising b-side emotionally to uh elton motello's jet boy jet girl you didn't expect to hear about elton
0: motello and the beach boys on their eating raw episode <laughs> but maybe you did because you're listening to craig and friends yes yes
1: it's um oh damn it um
0: oh that's okay here i'm gonna call it up
1: but it's you know it's like it's just sort of like a bisexual punk anthem
0: that okay well that i can go
1: you might know it as a Saplon pour moi by plastic Vertrand as well it's the same melody it's just different language lyrics Make you be a girl.
0: Oh my god.
1: Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Jet boy, jet girl. Can you tell what's on my mind? She with him, it drives me wild. I like to hit him on the head until he's dead. The sight of blood is such a high.
0: Wow. Ooh, hoo,
1: hoo. We need it on a okay. We can stop and we can we can get back to yeah. I didn't
0: know El Motella was so fucking uh what's the word? Uh outrageous. Outre. Yeah, Outre is perfect. Yeah. I didn't know Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's
1: very popular in the French language version by um uh Plastic Bertrand "Supplante pour moi, but it's not it's not the same lyrics just in French. It's it's a different story. Dude, it's it's coming from a very different place. It just uses the exact same music. And wow
0: that is cr- you blew my mind jason
1: uh you know i'm happy to help thank I'm, you i'm i'm happy to turn around you're <laughs> you're like you're you like you played the beach boys song and just like oh nothing's gonna be more troubling than this and i was just like aha <laughs>
0: sure although one w- could say yeah. if, if, if we, it was a uh, uh some kind of voting thing yeah that because it's the beach boys
1: yeah it's scarier yeah. Uh, okay listeners let let the, the send send in your emails and texts and, yes. and Instagrams. Let us know which song you find more troubling. Absolutely, Jet Boy Jet, Boy, Jet Girl by Elden Matello or um, Hey Little Tomboy by the Beach Boys. Yeah, th- we're please. very interested. We're
0: very interested. It's a poll that we want to hear results from. <laughs> so. Uh, in terms of music in the film, there's that great fake rock music, yeah, that plays yeah. Uh, like during
1: during their various scenes and stuff. And then it's also uh, one of the first appearances of the band Los Lobos. Which they do, I
0: didn't know until you told me today. Yeah,
1: they did. They do a Spanish language version of "Devil in a Blue Dress," which is fantastic. Which is great. Yeah, it's, it's really it's fantastic. Good. There's also there's a musical of this that it was what? Made in the in the aughts, They made a musical of Eating Raul, and the 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 best song in it is called "Think About Tomorrow." It's about it's um it's Mary's big. Uh, uh, big
0: uh, like 11 power o'clock number, number. Like, yeah, yeah. 11 like, o'clock like towards number, the yeah. end of
1: Act One, yeah. Um, but it's uh, you know, it's 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 worth looking into. I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere.
0: I found the song that Mary sings when it's yeah. her big. Uh, maybe this is the one you're talking yeah, about. I th-
1: think about tomorrow. Think about the,
0: tomorrow. Okay, yeah. so in this, this is where uh, they come. The Blands come home after cutting Raoul out of the picture because they need this money now. And Paul has followed Raul around to find out all of his shenanigans. So now Raul, who has been pressuring Mary, trying to get Mary to agree to kill Paul, Mm -hmm. which is very wild. And one gets the sense that when Mary says nothing bad is going to happen to Paul, do you think she just has no conception that Raul is capable of that?
1: Throughout the film, she is always the, 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 the point of balance. That she is the she is the 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 thing that centers the story and keeps Paul and Raul like in balance, uh, working sure. towards the common goal. Yeah, I think um, I think Mary understands exactly what's like. I mean, she's, she's the Andy nurse. Summers. She of the group, is a nurse yeah. who works in a hospital. Yeah. She deals with life and death on a regular basis. Mm. I think she's just very cool about certain things yeah and when she says nothing bad is going to happen to paul she's saying that like it's ridiculous that something would happen to him but it's also nothing is going to happen to him
0: right and then what's odd is when paul tells her about the attempts on his life she just doesn't want to hear anything bad about raul which is very weird she
1: thinks he's being silly yeah um but the thing the impression that i get is that at various points in their marriage Paul has been silly about things. Oh, you know what? You're right.
0: Paul gets hysterical. Paul gets, you know why? Because he's he's not releasing any of the bodily fluids. well, and
1: like the wine stuff. Yes. Like, I mean, because he's got this collection that like he uses to define himself. And she's, you know, she's like, you know, I love, I know you love your wine, but we need to sell some of it. You know, she's she is always the, the point at which reality must assert itself. Yes. And it does, Cause like both Paul and Raul are sort of swept up in the fantasy yes. of what they're doing. And Mary is because Mary is the focus of every untoward word of every gross gesture in mm-hmm. the film. She understands the world and how it works. Yeah. And she's not going to make a big scene. She's not going to have a big, like to do about it. But she is going to make certain that everything balances itself out
0: and goes the way that she wants it to. Yeah, yeah. So when she does tell Paul about the affair with Raoul, mm-hmm. she doesn't finish getting the words out because also Paul doesn't really want to hear it.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: He knows what happened, and strangely, uh, he said every he got everything that's coming to him. Yeah, that's all over with. It's a yeah. remarkable um, yeah. forgiveness. Yeah, really quick. Uh, And that does lend credence again to the idea that Paul is asexual, even though he reads quite queer because it's Paul Bartel. Because
1: it's Paul Bartel. And he's like, his prissiness uh, is both adorable in the context of traditional heterosexual marriage, uh, but it's also there is something subversive about it.
0: Well, very subversive, also because the level of snobbery and then the added racism yeah. in there. Even back when he finds out the name Raul on the key yeah. service flyer, he says, "Oh, probably fresh off the boat from Guadalajara." Yeah, like there's not a tremendous amount of uh, uh, redeeming qualities or wonderful qualities yeah. about either Paul or Mary, honestly. Yeah,
1: Paul is the immo- the irresistible force, and Raul is the immovable object. And they're, like, careening towards each other, and yeah. Mary's in the middle of it, and she has to make a decision.
0: She has to make a decision, which in the film is handled very quickly. Yeah. Because she lies about being able to find the fry pan, which yeah. Raul wants to kill him with in some kind yeah. of, like, honor mm-hmm. thing. Oh, because then he finds out that the the bunk pills that he was taking, Saltpeter, yeah. were yeah. surreptitiously fed to him uh-huh. via paul
1: via doris by paul via doris the dominatrix yes
0: exactly It does a convincing round of uh yeah. routines
1: the thing again and it's why mary is the point of balance is because both men are deluded
0: like there you go
1: paul is well raul is deluded because he thinks he is you know such a supreme lover man that he's going to sweep her off her feet and out of this marriage and into something new and paul is um well, Paul's not deluded because somebody is actually trying to kill him. You know, he's but not
0: deluded in that respect, but, but he, is he is deluded in the, ter- in the way of having this country kitchen will be the answer to all of our problems. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of is, really. To a certain extent. To a yeah. certain extent. And that's his dream. He just wants to fulfill this one ambition. Yeah. But he wants to be the most superior of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and he likes his wine. He he poops absolutely everything else. Yeah.
1: He's not he's not a particularly emotionally complex character. No, he always has one goal, and initially it's to have the best wine collection, and then it's to open the restaurant.
0: Exactly, and, and he's everything been, else yeah.
1: is is subordinate to that.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true.
1: Whereas Mary, you know, is she's always the one who's like, oh no, the Instacash card or this or she's getting the, the one optimist. Out the bank. She's she's the optimist, but she's also the the pragmatist who's out there on the streets and who knows what's happening.
0: And yeah, that's right. Paul is completely clueless. Yeah. He's completely yeah. in his own world. And she handles all of the practicalities yeah. as well as and the idea really, person.
1: she's really smart. About playing facets against each other, mm-hmm. like that the guy at the in the hospital at the very beginning, the first time we ever meet Mary, yeah. is like she's being propositioned by this gross patient, and she's just like, "Well, I'm going to let our resident um, ogre uh, give you an enema um, after
0: after letting him think that if that, he that, eats that his she's meal, she's going
1: to do something kinky for him,
0: which does uh, actually like sort of uh, play with that dominatrix uh, thing as well, because also uh, when she prepares the enema kit for him for uh the gay nurse to uh gift upon this gross gentleman she fills it up with ice water
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, when we're introduced to Paul at his job in the first scene, he is used to, like, he has a devoted fan base who under, who trust his judgment yeah. about wine, and, you know, that's what he derives strength from, whereas, like, when Mary's at work, like, somebody's always trying to get one over, Right. Uh, somebody's always, and so she's, she's just a lot smarter about how people are.
0: Mm-hmm. There's some kind of commentary on the jadedness of the people in general in Los Angeles, where oh, yeah. the uh, proprietor gets shot
1: and nobody even says anything about it. Yeah, yeah. he
0: just kills him and then he starts yelling about the wine because yeah. the money is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, in, in America, and all the all all of the people in service positions in this film are vicious and mean and evil. Yes, <laughs> like the sales guy at the sex shop. Oh yeah, and he
0: but he's like the Paul of the sex yeah. shop. Yeah. How dare you call my stuff cheap?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But 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 Paul is his his sense of humor is much more subdued. Mm. He's he's doing the same thing, but he's not being as loud or confrontational no, he's being, about it. Yeah,
0: you know, right. And also he when he's upselling people on wine, he wants them to have a better experience. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the sex shop uh, guy role was offered to Paul Rubens, and he passed, but suggested the actor that then yeah, played. It's,
1: it's John Paragon who was John Paragon. Uh, he was Jombie on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right. He co-wrote Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, he's no longer with us, sadly, but he is a, he is beloved.
0: Elvira's book, uh, I got it on Audible. It's, great. it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's really really good. And if you're looking for some inspiration go to that book because yeah. uh, whatever career you're pursuing or mm-hmm. any art journey
1: elvira has been through it
0: she's been through it and uh, she
1: will tell you the real real
0: absolutely and quite harrowing stories about yeah. her growing up as well yeah. so we were talking about the musical and here is mary's big number Okay, I don't think I would have enjoyed this. I really think I would be very cross. Really? Yeah, I just don't like this. (laughs) I I have uh, an issue sometimes with things Uh that are time-honored classics, cult classics especially, Uh that are then just adapted into a musical. They write some songs around it, and it's like, hey, this is familiar to you, right? You know this? So this is familiar to you, and you're going to laugh knowingly because you know this, and aren't you clever because you know this, right? And then uh, we're going to spell out the situation that you already know. i think you're being a
1: little harsh
0: i know i am i know i am okay so we'll listen a little more of this gem am i saying that i'd rather listen to hey little tomboy i don't know maybe maybe not okay maybe i would enjoy it i don't know it just it struck me the i got the creeps. word play is good the it's lyrical yeah it play is, is you good. know it's good okay I we mean, can move
1: on. We can move no, on. No,
0: no, we need to hear a little bit more.
1: If, if we, I, it's, don't, we don't have to no, hear anymore.
0: anymore. I want to hear a little bit more, okay? Just, right. just, I want to see where it I goes. I see how it is. <laughs> uh-huh. I just want to know where it goes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anyone else playing Paul and Mary, but Paul and Mary.
1: I I can I can understand that, yeah. But I mean, it's just it's like it's a different uh, it's a different uh, take on the material.
0: I understand you're being far more generous than myself, so that's okay. Always. I could be an ungenerous grump. Always. Yes, that's true. yes. It's, I'm,
1: it's me fighting against my Leo nature. <laughs> it really is. I'm a total egomaniac, and um, I I try and be gracious about things. But at heart, I'm just like i am I am the worst ravenous egomaniac, like devouring all attention and just like I am going to throw my opinion on you like I had just opened a tin of paint.
0: Well, see with me, I thought maybe I'm being too grumpy, maybe I'm jumping <laughs> to conclusions, but i, I still it's uh, fun, yeah, you know it's fun it's fun to the the debate and uh see, I'm curious as to what the rest of the thing is like, but I have this sick fascination with seeing uh-huh. what people do with stuff like this yeah uh and since the entire musical is up yeah i might pull another clip or two Uh to see well Uh, you should well you know i think we should both experience this together because i don't think uh (laughs) either of us should get out of this alive i mean you know uh have the
1: cast album in my shelf oh really yeah so this like took off huh yeah it's a thing i mean like like musical theater never goes away well, always someone, I like musical theater. Though. Yeah, there's always someone who'll do an interesting new production or take a, a different take on the material. So yeah,
0: and I guess listen, if people didn't do things like this, we wouldn't have a Little Shop of Horrors. So right. I get or that. Or Carrie.
1: Yeah,
0: I've never heard Carrie the musical.
1: There's so many different versions. It's too complicated to get into now. But when you are ready to take that journey, let me know. I will. And I, will I will show you where you need to go for that.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Betty Buckley. Well, I love Betty Buckley, yeah. so I didn't know that she was involved in the musical. She's
1: she's Margaret. She's the mother. Wow. She has some amazing moments. Some of the most like transcendent moments in 80s musical theater uh, are all from that show. But anyway, getting back to where we, we've been at the climactic showdown for a bit. Now. Yes, we have. Um, and so Mary has to make the decision, and she chooses Paul. She chooses Paul, so, and, and uh,
0: she tricks Raul, yep. and again, Paul to your point that she's the smartest one of the bunch. Yes. Paul doesn't even really realize that she's tricking Raul.
1: Yeah. Uh he thinks he's he thinks she's going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is just like a way to have faith in your lady, man. Yeah. Well, he is a little shook up. He's, he's a little shook up. He, and he is also like he has been confirmed to be correct that someone was trying to kill him. Someone was trying to kill him
0: and and also that he knows that she was sleeping with him. Yeah. So, uh, fair enough. He's going to be a little... Yeah. Yeah.
1: That would lead him to think that death was on his uh, doorstep. Yes, exactly. Metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. So, um, but, you know, she she kills Raoul... And, and they're just like, okay, we can move on. You know, they they start packing, they're packing stuff up to move to the restaurant because it's Because they've called
0: for, James. They're, but James
1: is coming over for dinner. And they forgot.
0: And, and they there's, forgot, only, 45 and there's only 45 minutes. So. And there's only
1: 45 minutes. And you can't
0: run down to Ralph's, which is by the way, where Mary prefers because of the produce.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. She's no Gelson's person. Um, or Vaughn's. Yeah. So the title of the film which has been there all along. Now we understand what it means because she has to throw a dish together and serves up Raul. And it's delicious. James from the Valley is just like, this is really good.
0: I hope this is a permanent fixture on the menu.
1: Yeah. And she's just like, mm, no, it's, it's it's limited time only. And then Paul is just like, it's amazing what you can get out of a cheap cut of meat if you know how to prepare it. Yeah, None of these people have changed. They're exactly the same, but they're moving into a new phase of their life because Raul is no longer with us and they got everything that they wanted. There's no, the the cops, the cops must be very bad at their jobs or they must not care because it's swingers. And I think it's more the latter. I think it is
0: the latter because the only headline that we see about it is the little person.
1: Yeah. the little person and, um, which is, so yeah, it's interesting. This film is like, it's, It's a breezy little comedy, but there's a lot going on.
0: Yes, there absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Loads going on. And also, in the credits, I was happy to see that the little person is credited
1: as little person. Yeah, yeah, they're using the correct terminology. Yeah, very respectful. I'm guessing they just asked him. It's just like, hey, what is what is the proper terminology with which to bill you?
0: Right, which is a very early uh, example of yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, any other thoughts on the film?
1: Um, I, I, it's delightful. I mean, it's like it's fucked up, but it's delightful, and it's um. It's a lot of fun to just throw on. It's very quotable,
0: extremely I, quotable.
1: I used to um, the 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 Y one oh seven Zoo Crew. One of their little like endless sound bites thing they use was was the thing when the guy is like uh, hitting up Doris at the at the party. And he's just like beat me, whip me, make me write bad checks.
0: Yes, I have heard that, and I
1: had no idea what that meant until I saw this film.
0: Yeah, I'd heard that expression before too, but yeah, didn't and know it's where from it this from. movie. It's from here. There's a couple other things after this yeah so paul Bartel did not for publication that tanked uh-huh. let's look up quickly his uh, i am his imdb yeah. or his filmography in shelf general.
1: life i think is er no, shelf life is that that one i don't think ever got released
0: well if you look up paul Bartel, there is a picture of someone who is not him i find imdb to be not as helpful as it used to be because it it's organized it terribly yeah, yeah
1: yeah it doesn't have a lot of deductive reasoning going on
0: he directed two episodes of the show clueless
1: uh, the TV he, directed, version. he directed an episode of Amazing Stories, too.
0: Oh, wow. And uh, he appeared in The Usual Suspects, the Jerky Boys movie.
1: Uh-huh. His last film was the the Michael Almereta adaptation of Hamlet with Ethan Hawke. Oh, wow. He's not well. Like, it's very obvious that he's not well, yeah. but he's in it.
0: Oh, and he's in some of the Comic Strip Presents episodes as well. I have to recommend uh, for further viewing Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills. I haven't seen it yeah, in a it's long great. time. It's great. And he's in Baja, Oklahoma, which I've been meaning to watch, which is an HBO movie directed by Bobby Roth, uh, who directed this film called Heartbreakers that I have to show uh-huh. you sometime. Oh, yeah, that's
1: a, yeah, I know, I know, but that's a, a fun city put that out.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. I saw a screening of it at New Beverly with the director. Great uh, Tangerine Dream soundtrack. And he, of course, was in Munchies and uh, <laughs> Shakedown, the Peter Weller, um, Sam Elliott film. And, of course, Follow That Bird, the Sesame Street film.
1: Uh-huh. Along with Sandra Bernhardt.
0: Yes, that's right. They're, that's right. They play together in that. Oh, and, of course, the role that we've neglected to mention that many people might know him from if they haven't seen this film. He is uh, Mr. McGroove in uh, uh, Rock and Roll High School. Yes. The music teacher. That's where I first saw him when was the first time that you saw this movie do you remember
1: um it was on a v my my step my dad my stepdad they had um a very impressive vhs library of stuff they would just they would just tape three movies in a row off of showtime or whatever in the early 80s and it was on one of those tapes
0: okay uh and i saw it i think off the cbs fox home video that Mm -hmm. i got from the store that my brother worked at here's the thing about not for publication. The success of Eating Raoul enabled Bartel to raise $3 million in finance, which was ten times the budget of Raoul, for a screwball comedy called Not for Publication, and it was a box office disaster. But more successful was the later effort, which we forgot to mention, Lust in the Dust. Yes. Starring Tab Hunter and Divine.
1: And, and- Lainey Kazan and Nidra Volz. And um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Redhead Kid from Children of the Corn.
0: Oh, yeah. Right.
1: And... Um,
0: and you know who was approached to be in that film?
1: Edith Massey.
0: And Anthony Perkins.
1: Really? Yes. I, oh, I can't remember what role,
0: been... but Tab Hunter and Bartell met with Anthony Perkins.
1: That would have been hysterical. Anyway,
0: apparently it was the last time Tab and Anthony saw each other.
1: I mean, my guess would probably be, if if, if Tab was still going to be playing Abel, that um, they, they would have had... Uh, that perkins would have played uh hard case williams the jeffrey williams role okay probably uh, no yeah. jeffrey lewis jeffrey, jeffrey lewis, lewis. Yeah. okay um but he's he's sort of the villain of the piece
0: I mean, he played it yeah he could be a good villain yeah now real quickly he's in white dog the sam fuller movie ah, and which is great i've never seen it i want to christy mcnichol yeah
1: it's very good and he's and Paul in winfield
0: Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love Paul Winfield. Yeah. Uh into the night. Great yes. uh film loaded with cameos, a John yeah. Landis film that really would be a good movie club and David Bowie. I
1: think that might actually be John Landis in that scene in the bank who walks past. I think Mary, it is too. Because he's got a special thank you in the end credits.
0: No, that's him. Yeah, yeah. so in the bed that's him. He had that yeah. exact look. That's gotta be him. Yeah. And they make a, a point, he's not just an extra, he's a guy that bumps into yeah. Mary. So and they all work together at the uh Corman thing. Well uh, there's too many other appearances to really mention yeah. about Paul Wartel.
1: And that's, and he's also the, um, the, the teacher, the science teacher in Frankenweenie in the yes, in the that's first right. version. In the original Tim. Yeah. Uh, not the stop motion animation one, but the, uh, but the, the, the actual short that he made. You know? Oh, and then of course,
0: Bartel and Warrenoff appear again, sort of together in Get Crazy, the Alan yes, Arkish yes. Uh, New Year's Eve classic that's now Which on Blu-ray. Yeah.
1: <laughs> electric larry yeah electric you're a big electric fan Le- of electric larry i'm a larry. big fan of electric larry yeah so i still I. maintain he's a robot i maintain that electric larry is a robot
0: i can't remember in my interview with him i think i asked about yeah. that on he your behalf he was like
1: the angel of death or something yes
0: he, because he's so, because electric larry is based on a roadie for the dead uh-huh. who was uh, oh no no not a roadie for the dead a guy named larry i think uh-huh. who was always sweaty always jacked up and always uh basically fed the crew at the film more drugs uh-huh. Right on. So <laughs> I think any th- other thoughts before we um, close Long, this out?
1: No, I'm, I'm good. I'm,
0: shelf life. There's a note uh, here. Let's do this because we want to be thorough. Yeah. They're not concise. We want to be thorough. Uh, shelf life, a 1993 film struggled to find distribution was originated as a stage show and was shot in a very low budget. And that's all it says. A work in progress was screened at the Palm Springs film festival. And then the film was rejected by the Toronto film festival And that's all we have on it. There's no uh, home video or anything. I just
1: know uh, Olin Jones is in it. Yes. And she's supposed to be really good in it. But yeah, I've never had a chance to see it.
0: Uh, Well, uh, Jason, thank you for joining me for another lovely chat. But a fabulous film that I hope you all enjoyed. Yes. Yes. Treat yourself right and head on over to Patreon.com slash Craig and Friends. Look at the reward tiers, see which one jumps out at you that you desire the most, and then just go for it. Grab life by the suspenders and pull at Patreon.com slash Craig and Friends.